Well, hello and welcome to the Difference Makers podcast. My name is Jamie Mullins and I'm your host. We're so excited that you've decided to join us today and it's my hope that you will leave inspired to go and use your gifts and passions and your story to make a difference where God has given you influence. And today I'm super excited to have my friend Brian Glenn with us. Brian, welcome. Thank you for having me here today. Of course, we're excited to get to hear a little bit about your story and how God's been using you to make a difference in the places he's given you influence. And first, I just wanna let everybody know, um, you've been serving here at Cross Timbers. You've been, how long have you been part of Cross Timbers? Uh, since before they paved the parking lot. Wow, so it's been a little bit. You've been here for a, for a long time and you've been a faithful part of our ministry here, but then you've also been so faithful in our community. You were a firefighter with Denton County for 30, 32 years, is that right? 32 years yeah. with Denton Fire Department, yes. It's amazing. So thank you for your service as, as a local responder. So so grateful for that. And um, part of what I wanted to know is that's a big part of your story. 32 years as a firefighter, it's a long time. So what led you to to decide that that's what you wanted to do for your career? Yeah, I think I, I grew up, um, uh, first of all, as a Boy Scout, I think, which um, kind of instilled that um, community service spirit mm-hmm. in me, do a good turn daily. And yeah. um, and as, as I went through Scouts and Explorers and just as I was getting out of that um, was about the time while I was in college that um, um, I was introduced to a chance to join a volunteer fire department. And mm-hmm. it just kind of made that step into that. And, as, um, and I got to serve a couple of years as a volunteer firefighter oh. um, as I was finishing college and making my career choice. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I decided rather than uh, go into the business world that I would um, try and pursue um, that as a career. And luckily, uh, Denton Fire Department uh, was hiring uh, right about that time and uh, uh, started and never looked back. Never looked back. And, and you got an opportunity with your job to be able to use what was instilled in you just in the Boy Scouts of making a difference in your community. So you've always had a heart for helping people and it started in our local community, but then at some point that eventually led to you helping people around the world. Um, can you tell us about how you went from local firefighter to, to international service relief? Yeah, uh, well, I was involved in other community organizations, and and then I joined the um, the Denton Morning Rotary Club, and um, and we were involved in both local projects and international projects. But one of the international um, projects we did was a group called Shelter Box, mm-hmm. and um, we we were sponsoring shelter boxes to help people around the world after disasters. And as as I looked into that year after year, um, I was more and more impressed with the organization. Mm-hmm. I, I started volunteering directly with them as an ambassador to to do fundraising and to just educate people, spread the word about uh, their mission. And uh, then I went through the training to become a response team member. And, and now as a response team member, I'll travel around the world after a disaster immediately after to um, deliver um, just the life-saving aid like tents and um, tarps to rebuild their, their houses um, along with blankets and mosquito nets and water filters and the other essential things mm-hmm. that um, that they've lost um, when they lose their home. And it's just, it was it's prov- providing just basic everyday needs that they need to be able to take another step after a major 
disaster. Just just to get started over um, so that they can concentrate on putting their life back together. So you were getting to hear stories about what was happening and you were impressed with what you saw, but what, what specifically about Shelterbox was it that you decided, okay, I'm passionate about helping people, but there's lots of organizations that help people. So what was it specifically about Shelterbox that you felt drawn to? The um, international aspect was good that, um, you know, I had um, worked directly with the local community for a long time and mm-hmm. it was able to expand out my reach some, I think. Um, but also it was just the the importance and the quality of the aid that they were giving to mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were seeking out the most vulnerable people after a disaster and um, and that had lost everything and, and giving them just high quality materials, really good tents and good cooking materials, those type of things um, that would last them um, six months or a year um, wow. um, that they um, could Get, get back on their feet again. That's awesome. So you got to go from being an ambassador to actually part of a relief team. And what was the what was your first trip that you got to go on as part of one of the relief teams? Uh, my first one was um, into the Philippines after ah. Typhoon Haiyan, which was the largest storm on, on record. Really? Um, yeah, with uh, you know wind gusts, um, like 250 miles an oh, hour. Oh my goodness. And um, so, so... Went in there first, and then um, um, one of the more memorable ones was probably um, going into um, Haiti after Hurricane Matthew. Yeah. So tell us, like, you got, I think there's another, there's a connection for the story. Like, you you got to go, but you you had another connection to Haiti somehow through Shelterbox too, right? Well, when I'd first started volunteering with um, Shelterbox as an ambassador, uh, was during the right after the earthquake in yeah. Haiti, and so I was I was seeing the aid that um, we were delivering um, before I was a response team member. That's but so the, cool. the stories that were unfolding of, and um, and so Shelterbox took um, they provided tents for. a 50,000 families. Mm-hmm. So they were housing almost a half million people. Um, 50,000 tents, tents was sheltering, was giving shelter for how many? That's almost a half million because wow. almost 10 people per tent um, wow. in these large family tents that we'd provide. That's so cool. So can you tell us about maybe a favorite story from your time? You said it was one of your most memorable trips. So can you tell us about a favorite story? Yeah, when I went in um, after Hurricane Matthew, um, the area I was working in was kind of the epicenter of where the earthquake had hit five years earlier. And Haiti was already the poorest country in the hemisphere before Mm. the earthquake. And that, that really devastated them. And so even over five years later, they still haven't recovered. Mm-hmm. So what I found just in in the whole area was that um, a, a generation had kind of lost hope. And, oh. and when you lose hope, you you kind of lose your, your moral compass. Um, um, you don't have the societal values that um, that we grew up around, yeah. um, which um, which causes lots of problems. Yeah. But, uh, but I got there and, and I got to see there were, you know, a lot of other organizations that we were able to work with side by side and it, it wasn't, you know, completely widespread. Mm. And uh, the one I remember, um, one of the translators that, um, that worked for us um, while we were there and he, um, he was a Christian and he was, you know, very, very happy to, 
to share that with me. That's awesome. And, uh, and that let me um, to kind of share some of my faith back when he would ask me about it. Because um, mm-hmm. generally speaking, we, um, we aren't, don't share as much about our, our faith um, when we're there just um, doing the non-governmental work like right. that. But, um, but we were able to share in the evenings with each other um, some about our faith and what led us to there. And then um, towards the end, I, I was able to ask about his family because I found out that um, they were actually in one of the harder hit areas that mm. um, was further down the coast. And, and he told me that his parents, who were both blind, um, had lost lost their home and they were staying with his brother who had lost the roof of his home. And so all three families were crowded oh. into one room of what used to be a kitchen. Um, but as as I was talking to him, I said, "Well, what would it take to put the roof back on your parents' house?" And he goes, "Oh, it would it would cost about a hundred and fifty dollars to completely mm. replace it." And I'm like, "Well, you know, I'm I'm going home um, tomorrow, and and I've got some emergency cash left that I didn't have to spend while I was here. So let me just give that to you um, so that you can." replace your parents' roof. And and that just made a huge difference in his life. He was he was in medical school, um, but you know, with the, the disaster he was kind of having to take time off to um, help with the recovery. And yeah. um, by just doing a small thing like that, he was able to repl- put a, a roof over his parents' head, mm-hmm. you know, physically, not yes. and um, and uh, and then, you know, I've been able to stay in touch with him since then. And uh, he's he's gone on to finish medical school. He's now a doctor, and, wow. uh, and he's um, getting married this fall. And he's invited me to come back to his oh wedding. And, and and he said it was because you know his parents really wanted to meet me. Mm. Um, and you know I hadn't even thought about doing that since then until until he said yeah he wanted me to come so his parents could meet me. Oh my goodness! So you went like one hundred fifty dollars for most of us. In America, $150 doesn't really feel like it'll go very far. I mean, I can hardly get my groceries for a week for $150. But here's this guy who you're you're in relationship with there that y'all are getting to serve together. And it, all, all he needed was $150 to put a roof over three families' heads. And so he went from feeling like he didn't have a lot of hope for the future and worried about how he's gonna provide for his family to now because of $150, he has a roof over his head, he can go and finish medical school and now he's he's getting to make a difference in countless lives. Yes, and and it wasn't even something he would have he would even have thought to ask for. Wow, you know, that it was beyond his comprehension that he could even ask someone to to give him that. And mm. and to me, when he told me that's all it would take, I was like, yeah, that's 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 easy to do. Not not to mention that it was I'd been there the, the two weeks before Christmas. I was coming home on Christmas Eve, so wow. if I hadn't been there, I would have spent a lot more money probably um, <laughs> because I had to do all my Christmas shopping at the Miami airport oh that year on my way home. So so um so oh, that's fun. Well, I love it's so like God. He's he has a plan obviously that he goes before us and he orchestrates even the the people and the timing of things and the way that things happen. So for for you to be with that specific translator at that specific time in that moment to be able to have an opportunity to change his life and then now the lives that he's changing just because you were able to give him hope through a roof over his head. It's pretty amazing. Pretty cool to think about. So most of the time when you're, when you just from my interactions with you, you're one of the most humble people I've ever met. And 
probably typically prefer to to serve behind the scenes, don't really like to be in the spotlight. And there are a lot of people who are listening to us today and they think, well, I could never go and make a difference like that in somebody's life. They, they think, I think oftentimes we, we associate leadership and making a difference with people who have a public platform that they've got the opportunity to, to influence hundreds and hundreds of lives. So they don't think that they can make an impact. What would you say to them today? Uh, I think just... Um Getting involved, um, you, when you go in and try and change just one person's life, um, then I, I think the ripple effect is is the term you use. That yeah, you you change um, the whole family, um, and then the whole neighborhood. So, you know, the one real example that hit home with me early um, was um, I also volunteer for the Muscular Dystrophy Association, mm-hmm. and I. Um, so I get to go down to summer camp each year and spend a week um, help, helping out um, the kids. I've done that for 20 years now. Wow. And the first uh, year or two I did it, um, you know, I would say, oh, I, I want to go down because it gives a, it gives each of these kids a, a chance to um, to spend a week um, where they're not different. You know, they're mm-hmm. not the kid in the wheelchair because every kid there is just like them and, and they get to really feel normal. And, and so I thought, you know, this really gives me a chance to make a difference in their lives. Yeah. But then after doing it a few times and getting to know their families, I realized, you know, um, their parents, um, this is the one week out of the year that they're not that, don't have to be that caregiver. Mm. That um, um, So that gives them a chance to, um, to do normal things with their lives. And so one year, uh, one of the, Parents, um, set of parents. Uh, it was um, the father and the stepmother. They actually left and went to get married. Um, that um, they had never um, wow. been able to, you know, legalize in their marriage um, because they could never leave um, leave their son alone with wow. anyone else. They had nobody else to care for him the rest of the year. So um, that's so that, pretty incredible. I think oftentimes we serve and we think that it's about we're serving other people. Like, because you do, you have this heart to help others, but then you realize how much more you get back in return. So I can't imagine, I mean, just even that, that your experience with Shelterbox, but probably also with that camp, you're probably getting back way more than you're, than you're investing. You do, when, uh, yeah, you get to see, um, especially over a long-term effect, you can see, just like um, Jackson that I'd met in Haiti and, and get to see him become, you know, a, a doctor and then a family man. Um, you know, kids I took care of years ago at camp that, I, you know, I now see grow up and mm. and the skills that they learn in camp um, allow them to, to live independently as an adult and they wow. find that they can do those things on their own. That's so. pretty exciting. So we talked earlier, I said, you you typically prefer to, to serve behind the scenes. However, you were thrown into the public spotlight when um, you received a president a, an award from the president, right? What, what was the name of the award? Uh, it was a volunteer service award. And um, yeah, it was a, it was a, a very good um, surprise uh, <laughs> when I first got that. Um, and, you know, I, again, felt like, oh, you know, I, I got that I, for something that wasn't really that big of a deal. Mm. Um, but uh, then I also know that, you know, it was for my work with Shelterbox. And so by accepting the award and, and um, you know, letting other people know about it, it, it um, wasn't 
to shine the spotlight on me, but on the yeah. organization because it, um, you know, what I what I do with them, I'm I'm able to go out and deliver the aid that um, lots of other people have donated money for to pay for. So you know, it's it's a team effort, um, and I I just get to be the one in the spotlight that's representing the the whole team. Um, yeah. But uh, by accepting the the recognition, you're you're shining the light on the organization um, the so same good. way as when. You know, when you do something through the church, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're shining the light back on God uh, so because, good. you know, he's the one that, that puts you in those uh, opportunities. He's the one that equips you to do it um, ahead of time. That's so and, good. Yeah. So it's that's that's part of being a difference maker that he's the one who gives us the gifts and the passions and the story. And so it's also that other people can experience his love for them. And you're getting to do that all the time, but there's a lot of people who are listening today who they have a passion for helping other people. Like it's, it's God's already given them specific gifts. You got to use your gifts because of what you learned through scouts and being a, a local firefighter to go and help people on the other side of the world. But there's people listening who God's given them specific gifts and he's given them passions and they're just not really sure where to start. So what would you say to encourage them just to help them take a first step? That's it. Follow following your passions, and um, and you know if it, you know, get involved with what gives you joy, and mm. and when you do that, then um, you'll you'll see the the effects around you. Um, other people will join in. You won't um, won't be doing it by yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just so many different organizations. Go out and and try a multitude of different things, and. And um and you'll you'll find the right one. It'll 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 speak to you, and and you you'll in, can't wait to get back and do it again. That's good. So how so you said go and find one. You we would mention when we were we were visiting earlier about your your daughter's college experience. Yeah, when I took her down to um to her first college campus tour, and um the they were talking about um. You know, there's so many different organizations to get involved with when you're a student here, and we have like 200 different campus Ooh. organizations <laughs> for, um, you know, every kind of sport or hobby or any kind of interest that you could have. And and they said, and, and if you don't find the organization that you're interested in, then you just start the mm. one that you're interested in. And um, so that's that's kind of what I say. If, if you don't really see... Um, you know what um, what you're passionate about out there uh, just go out and get involved and, and start helping someone in that area and um, and bring mm-hmm. several of your friends along with you and and before you know it you'll you'll start your own movement or that's so good I love it and and we talked about our last 10k Tuesday Toby talked about the kingdom principle of multiplication and so that's what happens like you take a step and you use your passions and like you your the story of your friend in Haiti you just gave him $150, put a roof over his head. But then now look at the, his family's lives were changed. And now the, the patients that he's getting to help their lives are being changed. And then the stories of the students you've gotten to serve at the camp, the the kids at the camp, the the multiplication that's happening just because of a yes. So all our only responsibility is to say yes, to use what God's given us. And then he's going to take care of the rest and help us make a big difference. Yeah. And that's it. Um, as far as making a difference, we're, I always like to say that we're we all um, get to influence other people, mm. um, whether we realize it or not. Um, there, there's 
other people are always watching us, and um, and our choice is just whether we want to be a good influence or a bad influence. Oh, that's um, a but, good word. But we don't have a choice. We are going to be an influence, whether we realize it or not. That's so, a good word, and what a way for us to end the conversation today. Thank you so much, Brian, for joining us, and, and I know that there's going to be people who decide to take a first step because of your willingness to say yes to this conversation today. So thank you. Glad to be here. Wow, what a great conversation it was with Brian today. I know that I am feeling inspired to just look for new opportunities to use the things that I'm passionate about to make a difference. Because like he said, like we're all influencing people. And so we just have to decide if we're gonna use that influence for good and to allow God to multiply the passions he's placed in us to make a difference in the lives of other people. So I just wanna remind everyone that's listening that we have 10K Tuesday on the first Tuesday of every month. I'd love to invite you to come and join us at our Argyle campus on Tuesday, May 7th. We're gonna have guest speaker Angie Smith with us. Um, So love to see you that night, Tuesday, May 7th at seven o'clock. Have a great day and we'll see you next month.